tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Cravings make it really difficult to stay sober. You may not be craving alcohol because you need it, though. You may be craving alcohol because you're not taking good care of yourself. When we're drinking, we live on autopilot mode, and we move through life like a ghost, always stuck in past shame and regret, or fantasizing about being able to moderate in the future. When you get sober, you have to become aware of yourself. In this episode, I'm explaining the role that being hungry has in cravings for alcohol. You'll learn why you crave alcohol when you're hungry and two very simple strategies to cope with alcohol cravings so you can stay sober. So let's dig in.
is your hunger hormone. The stomach releases ghrelin and it signals the brain through the vagus nerve that you are hungry. After you eat, ghrelin goes back down. Once ghrelin reaches the brain, it signals the hypothalamus, which is a part of the brain that regulates hormones, and this increases your appetite. And ghrelin is also important for our blood sugar. It plays a role in maintaining glucose levels and inhibiting insulin secretion. And insulin is a hormone that helps blood sugar enter your body's cells so that it can be used for energy. Ghrelin is affected by the types of foods that we eat, so unhealthier food may make you even hungrier, and by how much stress we have. So this may be one reason why you stress eat. Stress makes you hungrier, and I've noticed for myself that the more sugar I eat, the hungrier I am the next day. Early sobriety makes you hungrier too, and this isn't just about sugar cravings. You may just be extra hungry when you quit drinking. I'll explain why, and if you're interested in episodes about sugar, then I will reference those in the show notes for you. A 2011 study published in Addiction Biology looked at ghrelin levels in participants with addiction over a 12-week period. All of the participants were in treatment at this time. They had to have at least two days per week that they binge drank and also have the desire to stay sober. So they measured cravings and ghrelin levels each month for the 12 weeks. Half of the group ended up staying sober and the other half drank during their four months in treatment. When they compared the two groups, they found that baseline ghrelin levels were higher in the group that drank. Baseline levels mean how hungry you are on average, and this predicted who ended up drinking during the study. So if your ghrelin levels were higher, then you were more likely to relapse. Ghrelin levels for the drinking group dropped throughout the study, and ghrelin levels increased for the sober group for the first three months and then started dropping in the last month. So this may sound like the opposite of what you were expecting. But when we quit drinking, we get hungrier. Hunger puts stress on the body, and we're used to dealing with stress with a drink. Hunger also makes us cranky, which we are also used to dealing with with a drink, too. They found that the more cravings that someone had, the higher their ghrelin levels were. And there was a similar trend with obsession. The more you obsessed about drinking, the more cravings you had, and the higher your ghrelin levels were. Obsession and cravings really go together, though. And remember what's going on with ghrelin. When you're hungry, you're supposed to eat to survive. So the brain starts releasing dopamine to motivate you to seek out food. And what else do we know that dopamine motivates us to seek out? our favorite thing ever, alcohol. And often we would choose a drink over a snack anyway, so it's easy to confuse hunger for alcohol cravings. If you wanna learn everything about dopamine, I talked about that in episode 62. A 2018 study published in Emotion looked at why some people get hangry and other people don't. Some people feel hungry, they have a snack, and then they move on. Others feel hungry, interpret that unpleasant feeling as a strong emotion about either other people or about their situation. 
and it derails them. So in this study, they showed participants an image that was designed to induce positive, negative, or neutral feelings. Then they showed them a picture that wasn't so straightforward and it was up for interpretation. So participants who were hungrier were more likely to rate the picture as negative, but only when they were primed with negative images in the study. If they were shown neutral or positive images, they didn't rate the picture as negative when they were hungry. So negative environmental cues plus hunger can turn into a bad mood. Your ability to be aware of your emotions is very important, and that is not something that we are good at. People who were more aware of their hunger manifesting as emotions were less likely to become hangry. So in the next part of the study, they took 200 college kids and had them either eat before the study or fast. Half of the students completed a writing exercise that was designed to direct their focus on their emotions. Then all of the students did an annoying, time-consuming exercise on a computer, but it was designed to crash right before they finished to make them cranky. In one of the groups, the researchers came in and blamed the student for the crash. Then everyone filled out questionnaires about their opinion on the study. Hungry participants who didn't do the writing exercise about being mindful of their emotions felt hateful and stressed and thought that the researcher who blamed them was judgmental and harsh. Hungry participants that did complete the writing exercise first did not feel negative emotions or have a bad perception of the researchers. So what this means to me is the more aware we are of our emotions, the better able we are to self-regulate and not have day-to-day stressors completely take over and ruin our mood. One of the things that some of my dry January coaching clients found was if they had a snack before the witching hour, then they weren't frustrated and stressed anymore. They were able to stay calm and they didn't crave a drink like they normally did. We want all of these fancy strategies and we feel like there has to be some magic to staying sober, but sometimes it's really as simple as having a snack. We move through life on autopilot and part of becoming sober is turning your brain back on. Awareness is my main focus when I work with people, whether it's on sobriety or on their anger. Awareness is key. Want an even simpler strategy than having a snack? How about just chugging a glass of water? When I first quit drinking, it was stressful. I felt uncomfortable and anxious, and I didn't know what to do with myself. I was nervous every single time I went out. I started chugging soda water and it wasn't a conscious choice, but it really helped me a lot. Sometimes I'd have three full pint glasses of soda water when I went out. And what I learned recently is that water can fix this increased ghrelin problem that we have in early sobriety. And remember, the increased ghrelin makes you hungrier, makes you more stressed out, makes you crave alcohol. A 2017 study published in Psychoneuroendocrinology looked at 23 men in a detox program. They were divided into a control group and a test group. So they gave them their favorite drink, had them pour it, smell it, but they were not allowed to drink it. 
And this sounds like pure torture, but the goal here was to ignite a craving. Afterwards, the test group chugged a one liter bottle of water within 10 minutes and the control group did nothing. Then they looked at their cravings for two hours. Craving levels initially spiked and then declined for both groups, but the test group that chugged water had a very fast decline in their cravings compared to the control group. So I'll send this picture out in my weekly email if you want to look at it, or if you're listening to this in the future, it'll be on my website. But the test group also had a much faster drop in ghrelin levels, and the control group had no drop in ghrelin. So the next time that you're craving alcohol, try chugging a glass of water. So the idea here is that all the water expanded their stomachs, signaling to the brain that they were full. And this dropped ghrelin levels, which then dropped stress levels. So those are some very simple things that you can do to try to deal with your alcohol cravings. And also I recommend getting some kind of support, of course, but if you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you could take a moment to leave a five-star rating and write a review for the podcast. I read every single review and they mean so much to me. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here and I will talk to you in the next one. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.